0: stop the music this is not my beautiful house this is where am i dan you're you're not on a monitor you're
1: yeah yeah you're not slapping a monitor like you normally would you just slapped my face domestic disturbance already
0: well i owed you one for that home decorating episode but uh, yes Dan, breaking news. This is Men Seeking Tomahawks, and for the first time in a long time, since the last time, we are live on a desk in front of each other. It's been since... When was the last time we did one like this? Well, we've never done one. This is uh, Men Seeking Tomahawks Studio 3. Yeah. 4. North. Far far north. Far north in your uh, cottage estate. Which takes up the better part of uh, Central North Texas because that's how Dan rolls. Um, This is the nicest studio we've been in by seven miles. I don't know about that. And, oh, I I do. Okay. And uh, this is the first time we've done this show together in person since 2016.
1: Oh, the long lost episodes that we've not shared and won't share until the time of our choosing.
0: Once a lot of things blow over, once a lot of people get really cool with a lot of things really quick, yeah, we'll 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 release those. But uh, yeah, welcome back to looking at me, Dan. I know you've you've definitely missed that for sure. I know I
1: keep having to cut my eyes at anything but you.
0: It's weird. This is weird. So this is social interaction, and I was already your socially awkward f- friend. So just imagine my anxiety of of either everyone's come down to my level or I've. Brought it down a couple more notches.
1: Yeah, I uh, I was getting my <laughs> getting my hair cut the other day, and part of the haircut is after you're done, they shampoo out all the the hair that's been cut off. And uh, I've I've had the same barber for a while. Obviously, I went about a year without ever going to see him. But I asked him, I was like, you know, is it ever get weird, like just this like shampooing, and that would be my. I told him that would be my least favorite part of his job is having to shampoo other dudes' hair. And he said it's usually fine, like you get used to it, except when people that are getting shampooed keep their eyes open.
0: <laughs> what about when they moan? Maybe. What about that? What about Maybe. Oh yeah.
1: But uh but mm. yeah, he said he did say that. He's like when they keep their eyes open and just look at me while I'm shampooing their
2: hair. <laughs> he yeah. said that's
0: the weird part. That is a that is a weird part. So yes. All right. Well, this is exciting. I'm so excited. I'm just excited that I'm here in this in this mansion. I mean, this is incredible. Jeez. It's it's fantastic. But I mean, there's just so much to be excited for, because not only that, I can't I can't bog down on talking about the square footage here and all the sconces and corbels and all the fancy things around me. I can't I don't have time for that because we have a huge, huge announcement, maybe the the biggest announcement we've had after the show
1: coming back that obviously had oh, to yeah. proceed
0: this. This is the biggest in show announcement. And uh, are we are we just going to do it? Are we gonna do it right here. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you'll insert some awesome sound effects. I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I thought you were, I thought you were editing this show. So, okay. So guys, um, oh man, here we are. Here it is. Pull out the calendars guys, pull out the, the calendar. You you might be looking at your mobile device or, uh, maybe you got the nice little Ziggy desk calendar, maybe something like that. Something nice like that. Go to August 21st of this, our year of the Lord, 2021. It's a Saturday. You can find it on the Saturday column Write down the, 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 the numbers seven Oh five, because that is going to be the time of the first pitch at the Cleburne Railroaders baseball game, which Dan and I, the men seeking Tomahawks will be making a special appearance at the unofficial pregame show. You could call it. It's, it's a lot. It's going to, it's going to be a hard, we're going to be working that day. And, uh, so, yes, dur- during up to and during the first inning, we'll be hanging out, uh, giving away stuff, you know, the ambiguous stuff. But uh, before that, we are going to be toiling. We are going to be hard at work for you, the good listener, as we interview anyone and everyone we can possibly interview uh, players, coaches. Concession stand technicians, just whoever will talk to us. Even Maybe the general manager.
1: Like, if you wonder why that, uh, why that third baseman got sent down to, from the independent
0: league to the not independent league, we can ask the the person that would uh, otherwise known as being sent home, basically. But yes, um, so there's a lot to say here, and I, I guess we'll save it for. The, the the day of but we can save it for next week too we've got a few weeks until then so yeah, we could we'll drop keep... little little nuggets. We will. But uh Jack is very, very excited about independent baseball, specifically the Cleburne Railroaders. And uh yeah, this is gonna be big. So uh like I said, August 21st, 705, we're taking on those hated, the hated Sioux City Explorers. Gosh, I can barely Ungrit my teeth just to say the name. I'm so mad
1: at like uh, I don't even know where Sioux City is right now because I'm just like
0: any of them. All the Sioux Cities. All of them. But uh guys, go to I Love for more information. Obviously, our website as well would probably point you in the right direction. So that is something to look forward to in your near future. But in your uh immediate future, now, Danny has a this is just more excitement because this is going to be a huge show in and of itself, is it not, Dan? Is it not? It is.
1: I I put in some research and I rounded up some some industry experts. We'll say I I did all the legwork talking to all these people, nice, um, or or talking to people that did talk to these people and bringing you some inside information. So this is something that you might not know yourself, but it's uh, it's industries that we interact with every day, and you know we got some people on the inside that are giving us some tips that might just make our lives a little bit better
0: beautiful that this is this is this is the day we turn it all around dan right that's what you're telling me we're starting today i'm excited so guys coming up next dan is going to enlighten us in ways in which we never thought we could ever be enlightened but first we are going to start off with some alt rock from seattle this is Xander yates with the singularity and it is found right here on men's sequence on box i know
2: you know but you're a part of everything you are explosive but everybody wants to win my dear friends and enemies here's one more
0: A little bit of alt rock there from Seattle. If you would like to hear more from Mr. Yates or from any old artist you find on Men Seeking Tomahawks, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. And now it is time, it is that time, in which we turn our attention to the industry secrets from people on the inside. Of those industries. Of said industries. It's a very long segment title. And I'm not even done yet. You just interrupted me. Go on. Of the future that you need to know. But also of the present with lessons learned from the past. And it's all in your hearts. So anyway, sorry, Dan, I'm eating up valuable time of yours. Please lead us to the light.
1: Absolutely. And I think we can just dive right in and, and people will get a sense for how this how this works. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're going to name an industry. And then I'll give a quote from an inside industry expert. Then I'll get your thoughts on it.
0: Guaranteed to be reliable industry insider or just maybe, maybe not. People, people on an anonymous
1: locale who claim to be a part of the industry and be experts. So Same. grain of salt, maybe.
0: Disclaimer. Yes.
1: Uh, okay. So this one's from the recruiting industry. So people that are helping others find jobs. And this IT recruiter says, "I redo all of your resumes. People add too much flair, and I don't need boxes and tables. It's not cute. Stop it. A simple Word document with limited formatting works fine and makes you look a lot better on paper."
0: Okay, but okay, so a lot of people are going through recruiters now, right? And he's saying he's doing it for us. So why stop? Like, why not just send it to him and let him do the the stuff he's. Well, he or she, me he, about.
1: he or she, um, maybe wants their job to be a little bit easier. Like, okay. Hey, if you give it to me in a good format, then I can just turn it around. Um, he also says he or she also says I used to screen resumes for small companies as well. And the job requirements. Now this is a big thing because most of these job postings have, this isn't the quote anymore. This is me talking. Um, they have job qualifications as well as like job requirements and qualifications you'll normally look at and say, okay, these are all the things that I have to either have in my past or have on my, um, you know, on my resume in order to qualify. Um, but this person says they're more of a wish list, more of suggestions, and never to let some of those they call them unchecked boxes keep you from applying and becoming a part of the applicant pool. Okay, so aim for the stars. Aim for the stars, and if you know you've got you got the heart for a job, but maybe not the qualifications. What's the worst that can happen if you apply for it? Okay, that's helpful. So the next one's live events, and this is uh, concert-specific. And I want to ask you, when you go to a concert, where where's your preferred seating? Like, let's call it in a large, mm. large venue. Do you like to be on the rail, in the mosh pit? I want to... No,
0: no, no, <laughs> no. I want to be away from the people. I, uh... I'm okay, not, so I'm the suites, the skybox. Oh wow. Uh no, I, I I'm going to say mostly like the uh, auxiliary bar in the back where everybody's kind of got their coats over here and yeah, I'm not a big uh I'm not a big crowds fan at all, so I'm I'm away from the people wherever that is. <laughs> all right, well,
1: now if you go to the concert for the best sound, this industry expert says at any concert you attend, the best sound
0: will be directly in front of the engineer at the main soundboard that makes sense because that's where they're typically spending their time when they're doing setup. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I guess that. if
1: it's general admission, you can kind of seek out where that area is. Um, but also like Ticketmaster nowadays, those, the floor plans usually will indicate where the, where the main kind of AV station is. So you could actually, I guess, look in the interesting. Yeah. So
3: oh, that's, there you go. that's
1: kind of a good tip. I like that. Yeah. Especially if you're
0: into being around people unlike you. Well, may, maybe the sound guy is off at the back, and maybe it's a, uh, it's not a fully, it's not a full house, and so maybe you'll be okay. Maybe, maybe you'll be
1: okay. Maybe you can just pull up a chair right next to him yeah, or her, twist some dials, just see what happens. So next one for the authors in the audience, or maybe potential authors in the audience, is a book writing insider, and this person says it costs about two hundred thousand dollars to put your own book on the New York Times bestseller list on the top of it. All you have to do is buy a lot of copies yourself.
0: Okay, so they're saying if you if you buy enough books, that that volume of sales will drive you to the top of that ranking.
1: Yeah, that you know that's the New York Times bestseller list is basically dependent on how many copies of your book get moved, and it doesn't matter if they all go to you or they go to you know thousands of different people.
0: Gosh, that is incredibly manipulative, and I feel like I recently have seen people like on Reddit. Who have pointed that out how every book is now a New York Times bestseller. And so I wonder I would love to know how many people are utilizing that uh tactic.
1: So it's like a constant in and out, like you do it, you spike up, and then the next person doesn't spike up. So you never have these Yeah. And but they go on to also say that and also if you do get on the New York Times bestseller list, and you know, this maybe is like how traditional bookstores and book sales work. I don't know how it works as much now with Amazon, but when you get on those lists then your book becomes so desirable that people you know see that as a recommended reading list that then the demand for your book will actually catch up with you yeah. and then those books that you're sitting on you'll actually then be able to distribute those and sell them whether you're selling yourself right. on Amazon so you've kind of created your own demand and then you can capitalize on that and possibly regain your
0: money but you know what that reminds me of is so you you run podcast movement you run this country maybe this world's biggest conference for podcasting. And I feel like a recurring theme is typically these people that buy downloads. And so I feel like this is a similar slippery slope in that eventually that game is going to be gotten. And you know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of people that made a lot of money on podcasting because they could show that they had all these downloads when they were hot garbage, fake downloads. And so, I mean, I just feel like being that there's enough people on... so Like I referenced, without even knowing you were going to bring this up, I bring up people on Reddit saying, what's the deal with all these every book having New York Times bestseller list uh, credentials? Then eventually, I mean, obviously people are already already figuring that out. So I feel like the, the game is going to fall apart.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's like a fake it until you make it or um, something like that. Because if you do do something to get that notoriety and then the actual content is worthy of that. So say take that same example with podcasts. If you do somehow game your way to the top of the system, but then you have an awesome show that because you're going to get more eyeballs or more ears listening to your show because it's up there and then you those people that listen to the show stick around, then it's like, okay, maybe it was a little scammy way of getting up there, but now mm. people like really like the show cuz it's good. Now if it's crap, then it Yeah. you know, like it's I'm still, not saying it's I'm not saying it's it's an honest way to do it, but yeah. I'm saying it could work for people that
0: Right, Perhaps. but if, but if I'm the person who organically grows my book or my show or whatever, and I see that and I know that's what's going on, that that doesn't feel good in the tummy. I'm I'm not happy about that. Well, you know, everyone has their own moral compass, I
1: guess. Indeed. Next one, and you've told several stories about you and your you and the good dog uh, lately. So I maybe this will this will be something that resonates with you. And this comes from an insider in the dog training industry, and he or she says. I don't train the dog. I'm training you, Jack. Unfortunately, so many behavioral issues from the dogs are caused by the owners. Ninety percent of dog training is actually human therapy.
0: See, I think that's interesting because my uh, I actually went to a dog trainer when I when I first got my boxer because he was going to be big, right? And I've got a little kid, so uh, just you got to make that happen. But I I dropped him off. He actually stayed. Uh, at the training facility for a couple weeks on his own. I was, I came in and trained with him, but by and large, I would come in and uh, sit, like I, I would come in and see his progress. So the progress was being made while I wasn't there. So I'm going to call shenanigans there. I'm not oh. sure about, I'm not sure about that so-called industry insider. <laughs> I have to track down this insider and see. It's obviously not a uh,
1: Caesar is Caesar, the famous dog trainer. Maybe it is. All right. Um, and I do think maybe this has to do with those ones that you like go into PetSmart once a week for a month, and yeah, going there, it's really tr- you know I don't know if it's therapy as much as it's training the humans how right. to interact with the dogs, and it actually is like muscle memory for I, the dogs. But like yours was, yours was like a boot camp.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it, not
1: common. I mean, I'm sure it's out there, but that's not what people think of when they're just like, hey, got a
0: new puppy. I mean, it was awesome because this guy was like a former police dog trainer. And I mean, the, the stuff he was teaching my dog was was great, you know, in terms of how he behaves now. But I do think there's something to this in that whenever I see an issue with dogs, it's usually exacerbated by the human reaction. So that that does make sense to me. All right. This next one,
1: this one upsets me, might upset you. And this is someone from the inside of the blood bank in the blood donation industry mm. and it says this person works at a plasma center and your bottle of plasma sells for about a thousand dollars but they give you as the person donating a cookie tw- twenty five dollars this is plasma this is different oh, from blood yeah. donation this is the one that college kid, broke college kids will go <laughs> yeah. to to try to try to Pay the beer Such for the weekend. Twenty five dollars to you. A thousand dollars is what they sell it for. That's well,
0: a big markup. Well, now let's let's reframe that argument because I remember in college seeing those commercials for plasma donation, and they're marketing it as "Hey, cover tuition, buy textbooks." <laughs> I mean, this is this is a symptom of a bigger problem, I think. But the fact is, is that the 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 way that they're marketing it is not just for some beer money. It's so you can go to college and stay in college and afford the stuff you got to not just the beer and man that's that is uh something that's always something that's gotten really under my skin is the feel goods of donating blood donating plasma compared to the income they're creating off of that and uh yeah i could i could go like i know this is kind of a hot shotty kind of episode but man i could, i could talk at length about some thoughts on the blood bank and that whole
1: bit. Well, then here's a follow
0: up one that might
1: extend that a little bit. And that first one was one that worked at a plasma center, which is you know people trying to make a little bit of money donating their plasma. And this one's more from someone that works at those those Red Cross or um, we've got a couple brand names here in town where they'll drive the bus to your office and everyone kind of hops in, and donates blood at the office, or it might park in front of your neighborhood, maybe even in the Walmart parking lot, and they'll do the big blood drive. And uh, it says the Red Cross makes a ridiculous amount of money selling plasma or blood to makeup and skincare companies. So this no, is that's even worse. That's yeah. not
0: even saving helping people. That's yeah, make, we, makeup and skincare. Like, what do what do they even use?
1: I don't know. Like like this person react- doesn't go that deep in what those are, but but I think the moral of this story is, you know, when they encourage you to donate blood, it's because they say. You know, because of the pandemic, we've got low bloods for hospitals, for blood right. transfusions, for people that need the blood, Right, but then they're turning around and, and marking it up and making a whole lot of money from yeah from these cosmetic companies that are using it for, obviously, some sort of testing.
0: Vomit. Man, that's, that's just gross. All
1: right, this next one goes a little bit kind of hand-in-hand hand with that, and it's from the volunteer work industry, and they say that cleaning up animals after oil spills is feel-good propaganda only- And it makes the public who's doing this volunteering think that they're helping the situation when, unfortunately, in reality, 90% of those animals will be dead within a few days. And that the real work is done by trained professional crews, not volunteers.
0: (laughs) Okay, so 90% 90 of the animals aren't going to survive. And this is specific to oil spills, but we've all seen those where there's some kind of tanker that... Well, hell, Palmolive, I feel like that's their whole marketing thing, right? Is There's a little animal on the side that you know, the little penguin or duck or whatever yeah. that they, uh, that somebody saved with palm olive and saved them for a couple more days. Yeah. I mean, I guess these animals are, are eating this oil and drinking the
1: oil and all that. And then you, you wash their feathers and that doesn't really <laughs> fix what's on the
0: inside. Uh, yeah. You know, that reminds me of is how many people like to volunteer around the holidays, but that it ends up being this big glut of volunteering and donations that end up ultimately going to waste and it's like we kind of need your help in july or you know other times of the year so that i think that's worth being mindful of is thinking about if you really want to be helpful or if you really just want to present the optics of being helpful maybe take that under consideration
1: yeah and this is probably like you said it's a hot shot episode so this might not be the the place for this but there's a lot of issues with people who go on these, um, what do you call them? Like mission trips where they'll go to some, you know, a country and go into these villages and, you know, build their kitchens or bring some ovens right. or bring a lot of that. You know, the, the amount of money it takes to, cause often they'll raise money from their community or their friends and family to do this. And after plane tickets and accommodations and lodging and food for all these people, right? Like if that money just was funneled through and, at these some of these good charities that already have set up shop in those areas then that money you know would go a lot further than taking what you know yeah. a lot of people see almost as like little vacations to these impoverished towns and stuff yeah for a feel-good photo op and jack i think to me that's a feel-good breaking point right there because i have a few more but I think there'll be fun ones to round out the show with later on.
0: Okay. Okay. We were, uh, and are are we going to turn a corner, Dan? We're going to, is it going to feel less feel good sarcastically and more feel good, (laughs) feel good. Uh, We've got a little bit of everything coming up. Can't wait. So guys coming up that, but first we started off with some alt rock from Seattle. Let's go across the uh, country and here's some Florida hip hop. This is Alexander Crowley with the song pressure right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks.
4: <laughs> Get my money up, no alarm. I'm all that drink, the cooler, no Jim Jones. No my reputation precedes me. How are you living like me? Hey, hey, I need me a girl to see the future. Yeah. You know I'm living in the moment. I'm drinking everything she pouring. I'm catching everything she throwing. She's throwing it back, back, back on me. Yeah, 100,000 <laughs> degrees, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tell them that the pressure and the drinks is on me hey. Tell them that the pressure and the drinks is on me Yeah Drinks is on me. Woo. I wipe it off. Yo, babe, watch me, that bitch off I'm baked, on cheese ass casserole. I'm over trying to get the ice. I got a bad bitch, I got a fly. I oh, yeah.
2: yeah the pussy, then catch the ice. It's probably uh-huh. the magic, the fucking science. Hold all on, right. hold on. Doing, doing this in the park a lot. Aiming for Autumn, cause I do not need no pocket watch. You niggas been here, i have your own space, cause all you do is pocket watch. Yeah, you broke. I'm Big back, or you choke? Gave your whole damn team false hope. Had a boss over, make you low bro. Yeah, I know about shit you, you don't know. Never broke cause my money is bold. But to put the family on higher than it's ever been. All our soldiers on the front line trying to chase away.
3: Give my
4: money up no long. I'm all that dream, the cool ain't no Jim Jones. No, my reputation precedes me. Uh-huh. How when you live and lie, me? Uh-huh. Hey, hey, I need me. See the future, Woo. you know I'm living in the moment I'm drinking yeah. everything she's pouring I'm catching everything she's throwing She's throwing it back, back, back on me Yeah, like hundred thousand degrees Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell them that the pressure and the drinks is on me Tell them that the pressure and the drinks is on me Oh, maybe ayy. The promises meant to be broken. Ain't no sorrows, back. words shouldn't have been spoken. Late night I'm drinking, drinking a potion. Can't see straight, feeling emotion. <sighs> Give my money up no loan I'm all that dream of cool coolin', no Jim Jones. No, my reputation precedes me. Uh-huh. How when you live and lie me? Hey, hey, I need me a girl to see the future. Woo! You know I'm living in the moment. I'm drinking everything she point. I'm catching everything she throwing. She's throwing it back, back, back on me. Yeah. 100,000 degrees. Yeah. 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 Tell them that the pressure and the jinx is on me. Tell them that the pressure and the jinx is on me.
0: Alexander Crowley with the track Pressure. A little bit of. Hip hop from Florida for you, Dan. I liked it. Little earmuffs. You know, hey, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes the kids got to put some earmuffs on, but that's fine. That's all good. So let's get back into this. I want to, I want to hear some more about some of these insider secrets and uh, how we might be able to apply these to our lives. We
1: can start back up with a, a quick one from the dentist from the dental trade. This person says,
0: "I'm a dentist." Here's the lowdown on toothpaste. <laughs> where, where did this person say that? Did he just walk up to you one day and just say, I'm a dentist? These facts are compiled from various sources. Okay, This person claims Vague. to be a dentist
1: okay. and says, as long as it has fluoride, all toothpastes are basically the same.
0: Oh, so those nine out of ten doctors, it just they just G- don't GAF. Well, there's Whatever.
1: <laughs> there's a lot of uh, information on what those studies are that go into the 9 out of 10 doctors and all that. Those are not quite as uh, transparent as they seem. But, mm. yeah, this guy says doesn't matter the brand, doesn't matter the style, the color tube. If it's got fluoride, it's going to do the job. Just put it in your mouth. That is not what he said. That's what you said. So the next one, we'll keep it kind of in the health and cosmetics uh, range. And this one is from someone on the inside of a cosmetics company. She said none of the products specifically in skincare, cost more than $2 to manufacture, but at her specific company, they would retail for anywhere from $20 to $150 per product. So basically comparing raw materials to what the actual consumer cost is,
0: but is there difference in the output? So if I go to the dollar store and get me some skin cream, is it going to be as good as what they, what I can go to the fancy pants, uh, Estee Lauder lady at the Foley's and is that, is that what you're saying? I'm going to go ahead and just borrow one of your lines here. Yeah. Hot dog. Okay. <laughs> okay. that That's a good, okay. Hot dog is a very good placeholder so that we can come back and insert our An- answer
1: at a later date. Insert intelligent sound sounding answer later. No, but she also said, and this was interesting for perfumes, the glass bottles and the spraying mechanisms cost more than the liquid inside. It's kind of weird. It is weird. Now, I will, I don't want to push back on this industry expert or anything, but what I'll say is, yes, like the raw material cost of that liquid inside for each one of those jars or outputs might be uh less than the actual jars, but a lot of, and this goes like for food and things like that too, a lot of the yeah. research and development and the the building this, this right. scent or the flavor of the food, like that's a very expensive process. So a lot of this is like, okay, once you get that nailed, then each, you know, subsequent output might be pretty cheap. But you've got hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars invested on the front end that has to be recouped through those margins later on. That makes sense. Uh, this one, staying in the health and beauty products, we'll call it. This from a spa insider. I think someone that actually works at a spa. And she says, a high-class spa I worked at used Epsom salts and vegetable oil and called it a $65 salt
0: scrub. mm See that's what I'm wondering about. Just the same thing as the the makeups and the parfumé. It's like, is, what is the what is the big difference? You know, like we were talking earlier about the two buck chuck, right? You yeah. Know, it's the like wine at a Trader Joe's. Yeah. What uh, what what is the difference really? Yeah, and this is yeah.
1: It's funny because I recently on a an anniversary trip, we decided to go to the spa, and it was a very very um mediocre spa, but they'll get you kind of on the. <laughs> get you on the massage table there and they'll say uh, you have to, you know, say, okay, I want like, you know, a Swedish massage where it's just kind of normal or I want the deep tissue where you push really hard. And then they got this upsell thing where they're like, now we've got the special uh, salt scrub that we can do at the end that'll really just leave you rejuvenated and all that. There it was. There it was. And now I'm reading. uh, Yeah, sure enough, that thirty five dollar upgrade was probably just vegetable oil and Epsom salt.
0: Well, did you did you opt for it? You, yeah, they pressure you into it. Like and, and how, how did that Epsom salt vegetable oil <laughs> I feel? guess it's fine, but like it's hard to
1: compare it because you don't know what I would I've just felt like really good after the massage anyways, or is it because that extra salt scrub really really did it? I guess we'll never know. And it's one of those things where they're like, you know, if you really, you know, care about your health and well being, <laughs> like thirty five dollars is nothing. But I mean if you don't, then that's fine. You know, if $35 is the difference between life and death for you, then... I guess. Just... Sorry. So, speaking of life and death, here's one from the Insurance Insider. Insurance? Insurance. Insurance. Easy for me to say. Uh, Liberty Mutual, specifically, Insurance, puts every claim through an algorithm on their computer system to determine whether to fight a dispute in court or just pay a settlement. The algorithm is able to guess not only the lawyers, but also the judge that's likely to hear the case and decides primarily based on their records, what to recommend.
0: That's that is so disheartening. And like as, as someone who studied criminal justice in college, I can attest that if people knew just how templated out everything involving uh, insurance and, uh, legal stuff, It it's, it's a swift kick in the nuts. I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's shocking. It
1: really is. Well, I mean, and you, you want to, you know, think that insurance, the way it works is how it's sold to you. You know, if you have an issue and you're insured, they'll pay those bills, but no, it's all about like, do they think that they can beat you and not have to pay the bills, right. or do they think, oh, no, this person has a case? It's not to do with, hey, what's right and wrong here? Did they actually have an issue that we need to pay for? It's what are our chances of being able yeah. to get out of this?
0: Prob- probabilities uh, spit out by a computer. That's that's super. Dan, this is not uh, giving me the, uh, the warm and fuzzies like you guaranteed me. Uh, okay, so here's one from the Food Insider. Might be warm and
1: fuzzy. I've sometimes got the wrong case of strawberries at the grocery store and got some fuzzies on there yeah you ever done that where you get home Uh, and it's like i just bought this why is there fuzz on my strawberries
0: it's not like it's been here a week no it's what sucks the worst is when you buy the strawberries at the the warehouse store so you've gotten seven pounds of strawberries (laughs) home and yeah you realize that half of them have the plague and it's like I just I have 47 pounds of strawberries, and they're half tainted, and I just got them home. Well, this is
1: not from an industry insider here, but I have heard from other industry insiders more from the nutrition side of things that actually when you buy the frozen fruit, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard this before, but mm-hmm. those actually, because they freeze them very soon after being picked much sooner than if you buy them fresh by the time they're to you right that that freshness has kind of been sealed in there okay and actually more of the nutrients from the fruits and vegetables too mm. are contained within the frozen ones instead of the the fresh ones so you think if you're going to buy you know fresh green beans or fresh broccoli or something like that that you're getting you know top quality because it's fresh but really because when they're frozen they're frozen at an even fresher point and those nutrients
0: are locked in it's better for you to eat those Sodonah, Dan, Dan. That's the best thing you've said so far tonight. That's the thing that I'm going to take home and be like, "All right, I, I'm adding nutrition to my lifestyle. That's what I need." We're now a frozen food family. Yeah. Uh,
1: breaking news. Well, here's here's the the real fact from this insider. She says most sushi places will use the same distributor and have the same quality seafood. The only difference between the fancy sushi place and the hole in the wall is pretty much the environment and the price
0: that okay and that makes sense and that goes back to like kind of what you said regarding the perfumes and all that it's you're you're paying for a lot more than just the the product itself but the the process behind it but i think most people these days are getting their sushi from like the grocery store little install thing yeah and that's where you really need to watch out because i've i've heard at least two or three stories at this point from microbiologists who have gone in and run that meat through like analyzers like
1: reverse engineered the meat
0: and I'm not going to do super gross talk here but just (laughs) beware because you could be eating a number of things that are not what you think they are yeah the other thing I'll say about that is like okay the distributor like the food source
1: might be the same but I would hope that the chef at a nicer restaurant is going to be a higher quality, more trained set chef, right? Versus, like you said, the the grocery store sushi person. So it's like if you handed me the same ingredients for, I don't know, a cake that you handed a super great chef, like they're going to make something yeah. better out of it. So right. regardless of the raw ingredients, so yeah, that might be like an inside thing is that they're both getting the food from the same place, but a lot of it has to do with what you do with that food. True. All right, here's one, and this is one I've not been to the Army-Navy store lately, Mm. Um, the military surplus store. I don't know if you've frequented those or been to them before.
0: I feel like that was a strong player in my youth, not so much now.
1: Yeah, well, so this is one from somebody that's in the military, and they say the stuff you buy that's considered military standard doesn't necessarily mean it's very good quality at all. It simply means it was made by the lowest bidder. A lot of the military-issued kits aren't that good and actually get replaced by personal kits of better quality. So the military people that get issued something, and you might think, oh, like that's high-quality stuff because we're giving it to the military. Turns out oftentimes they're replacing it with their own personal goods just because of how low-quality it is.
0: I, f- I feel like most applicable to, th- to that point in real-world application would be how many times a manufacturer uses that as just a marketing ploy because I know there's one specific truck where every Sunday during football, they're like military great steel. And, and that's what that's <laughs> right. basically what they're saying is they're, they're basically trying to appeal to that, that machismo BS, but in all actuality, it really doesn't mean anything. Yeah, You know, it's just a, Ooh, Hey, I'm a, t- I'm a tough guy. <laughs> I, I need a tough truck, you know, or whatever the Right, military grade watches. I mean, yeah. it's all, it's all, it's all the same stuff. Cause there's not military grade cosmetics. That's true. You know, we're talking about very specific niche of uh demo that we're trying to appeal to. Right. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Do you remember those commercials, the lava hand soap? This is a little bit off topic, but. Yeah, it's I don't like,
0: remember the commercial, but I love that stuff.
1: So it was like the soap and the commercials were all like, oh, you know, when you get r- dirty at work, like the only way to clean your hands is this lava. And it was like bright orange uh, a bar of soap. And they just like the commercials were so manly. And I was probably like 12 years old and I saw these commercials. So I got that soap and that's the one I wanted to use. And it turns out that soap is like literally meant for people who are mechanics and I, have like... Dude. Grease all yep. over their hands, and here I am, like I was like washing my face with this lava bar soap. <laughs> You're washing some crayon off of your hands. Yeah, like. <laughs> but like in this soap, it's like I don't it's know, pumice. If you've heard, it's pumice. Yeah, I was say was it's very. My, I was going to say it's very textured.
0: Yeah, my dad was a mechanic, so like when we would get done working, yeah, he would just. Come here, son, and we and just sit there in the yard. And then, all right, grab the hose and yeah. yeah. And I was
1: like washing my face with this, not knowing, and it was like <laughs> it's basically like taking sandpaper to oh, your yeah. face. Yeah, um, yeah. So that yeah reminds me of the ma- the macho, you know, yeah. military grade. Um, even if that does mean it's better, it doesn't mean it's right. You got a good point. Uh, okay, this is a fun one. So this is from a Starbucks insider, and they say I'll decaf someone if they're really rude to me. I only do it when the customer is being a real a-hole. But <laughs> yeah, if you uh if you are being mean to the barista and you feel like you don't get that pick me up like you normally do out of your your Starbucks, that might be why.
0: Do you remember that movie Waiting? Yeah. Like I feel like there was a lot of uh let's call them Karen's that were very terrified after seeing that movie. You know be- I was terrified after seeing that movie. Were and, you? I, and I and no. I was always the
1: person that was like am overly nice to the the yeah, the wait staff just me too. because
0: yeah cuz I waited tables and like I I never felt like I needed to be worried cuz you know probability wise like I wasn't going to suffer wrath but uh, it is funny to think about those people that uh you know just be cool to these poor food service industry people Jesus Christ you know don't you don't you shouldn't have to worry about that because you shouldn't be acting in a way that would provoke something like that
1: Yeah I guess the reason that waiting was real upsetting for me was just because you don't think about all how vulnerable you are when you're at a restaurant and like yeah. everything that could happen mm-hmm. to the food you're eating. And then that was more just kind of like making it apparent that, oh, no, like they could literally do anything to your food before you get it and you pretty much aren't going to know.
0: Scatter shooting while wondering whatever happened to Dane Cook.
1: Oh, yeah, that was Dane Cook, wasn't he? He stole a couple jokes and, you know, hear from him again.
3: Mm.
1: Uh, okay, this one's interesting um, because Dane Cook might be spending his time in Las Vegas at some... You know, at the sands or the palms or the somewhere else where comedians go to die. The Burger King. Uh, but this is a casino insider, and they say casinos pump an extra one percent of oxygen into the air to make you more alert and give you more energy, so you can spend more money longer. I think that's commonly known. Yeah, I've heard that before. Now here was the the other thing that they said, and this is why they say this is why casino fires are so catastrophic, though, because. Oxygen obviously is what fuels fires when they when they get caught. Oh yeah, that's a bad idea. So it's like good news, bad news. Good news is we get more people and they stay longer. The bad news is if, you know, one of those cigarettes might spark spark a little fire, because uh they still allow
0: smoking in casinos, Jack. That's true. Now, luckily, this sounds awful, but I'm rattling my head and I don't feel like I've heard of many major actually I can't think of a one. I can't think of one major casino fire. You know, maybe maybe this is the kind of thing that gets swept under the rug like it's some like random Native American uh, side of the road installment yeah. that blows up or something and we just don't ever hear about it. But I, I don't feel like I ever hear this. Yeah. Well, I hope it stays that way. I hope yeah, you didn't let's just jinx knock us. on. Well, OK. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: All right. This one from the the traveling man world, um, an RV insider says the equipment of an RV, so a motorhome motor coach is designed to start breaking after around 44 uses. Very specific.
0: That's a very specific number.
1: Uh, it says most RV owners use their trailers on weekends, but not every weekend. So that 44 uses, on average, stretches between two and three years. We've talked about this before with, like, computers and how they're meant to kind of become obsolete after a certain yeah. amount of time. Planned obsolescence. Exactly. So this, this sounds very much like that.
0: Yeah. I wonder what specifically is gonna fail in 40 to 44 uses that's interesting yeah because like
1: a lot of mechanics are similar to a a car right because it's a vehicle so you've got your your engine and your wheels and your tires and your axles and all those and i would bet it's not those it's got to be something that's specific to rvs because they're not like building this engine for it to break after 44 uses
0: no yeah Mm, that's 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 i mean okay so i guess that makes sense though that you're going to be using this thing on a handful of trips per year So if you were to use it, you know, 44 days or 44 times, like in In a a row, row. then, yeah, then it's going to crap out, but you're not really ever going to be using it like that. So, but I wonder if it's, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's hard to tell because I wonder if you actually did use it 44 weekends in a row, then are you really only getting less than a year out of, out of some of these parts? Or is it more like, are they backing into that 44 number saying, okay, we need this last two or three years. Yeah, and some of it's like more time than have, wear and tear.
0: Have you ever heard about like Have you ever watched anything on like mobile homes? How mobile homes basically are kind of a no, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a money pit, you know, because the whole idea is that you can move them, but really and truly, once they're there, they're gonna immediately start degrading and falling apart, and so they're, they they kind of end up being this money pit because. They're not worth anything, you know, even though they're less expensive than buying a home. It's not as much an investment. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, because I feel like if I look at an RV and I look at a mobile home, it's kind of the same material build, right? Kind of a, you know, uh, you know, temporary housing situation. So I wonder if that has something to do with it.
1: I've always been a little fascinated with the idea of the mobile home and taking it on the road and just kind of living wherever you're at.
0: Like an R you mean an RV? Yeah. Sorry. But yeah, an RV. Yeah. Well, I am too, until you tell me that they're going to last for a month and a half. Same you know? thing. And I,
1: I I was actually on, like, I think we've talked about Facebook marketplace before and ran. Sometimes it'll just randomly show you things that are for sale in your area. And I did see a mobile home and, or a, a, a RV and it was a very low price. Cause it was like, Oh, it's only a couple years old and it's low price. And I was wondering, Like how does that work? Everything looked fine, and it says it runs well, and you know the the roof's been resealed and all this. And maybe this is why I haven't looked into like what the resale market is actually like. But maybe that's maybe that's the issue: is people buy them, either don't use them or they use them and realize it's a money pit. Yeah, Um, I do know there's like a pretty big rental industry for them. You just rent them for a week or a weekend, and maybe that is the way to
0: go. Well, I would imagine that there's a pretty healthy resale market because. I would and man, I don't want to assume too much here or sound prejudice, but like I feel like the recreational vehicle is very much a thing for someone in their silver years.
1: I thought that might be where you're going with this.
0: And so those silver years are not the longest bit of life. And so maybe after granny and grandpa are no longer with us may they rest in peace. Maybe you got to do something with that RV. And so resale market. Ahoy. See,
1: that was a little darker than what I was thinking. I was thinking more like the, uh, I just
0: wanted to contribute (laughs) to all the things that you've listed (laughs) off here that are going to kill us or, or I was, I was thinking more
1: like along the lines of like when people buy a treadmill because they're like in the mood, okay, I'm in weight loss mode. And then, you know, when they realize after a couple months, it's just a coat hanger. Yeah. Then they just sell it. I was thinking more like that, but you're trying to get a little darker, so that's fine.
0: No, that's a good point, too, but my point was better.
1: And to round it off, because this is the best point of them all, and this is from the retail world, specifically Target. And this has uh, a lot of redeeming value here. It says, says, if you ever hear Code Brown over the walkie-talkies at Target, it means they found SHIT on some of the clothes in the soft lines. Oh, no code
0: brown jack god that's a bad day for somebody so reverse engineer that is this (laughs) what 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 brought it yeah like we're just staring we're staring at a streaked shirt in the men's section and we're trying to determine what brought us to this point yeah so you've got a couple a couple
1: situations here so it could be the person is trying on undergarments and mm-hmm. that, yes, that somehow happened. Yeah. Now I do believe you're not supposed to you try on undergarments in the
0: the fitting rooms. Right. You get you're supposed to keep your underwear on. Yeah.
1: You're not supposed to try on underwear
0: in the fitting rooms. Right. Um, yes. B
1: Y O U. Could be swimwear for women. Maybe. Yeah. Like I don't know if you're, but I, I still think you're supposed to kind of not yeah, go you're skin still to. Not,
0: yeah. Mm. Um. The other you uncomfortable. Could,
1: you could have um you could have malicious someone malicious here, like do this as like as a weapon.
0: Yeah. Or it could be a, a bad grandpa situation. Just things happen, you know, living that vegetarian lifestyle and, (laughs) you know, just control is lost. Yeah. So
1: that's, you know, that's the word of warming for warning for our our retail compadres, because I do know that recently the, the fitting rooms have been kind of shut down because of COVID, but as those fitting rooms start to open up, if you have the code brown, just think about us. We're here for you.
0: How does this affect your life, Dan? Like next time you're in Target and if you hear the code brown come on, what are what are what are, what are we to do? Tell us, lead us. What are we supposed to do when we hear that, Dan?
1: I really think that we just need to be more aware of our surroundings. Yeah. And, you know, when you're at Target and uh if nothing else it adds to your enjoyment of your shopping experience because You know, sometimes you'll hear them come over the speaker and they'll say something, uh, and it's not paging a specific person. Sometimes it's code blue or code red or code brown. And you know, I think I've opened up your your minds to what the brown might be. But really, let's work together to try to figure out what those other codes mean, right? Like at Target, like that's that's what we we need to know. We need to know. Okay, we've got brown. Check that off the list. Now, what happens when someone's shoplifting? What's that sound like? Or what happens when someone's uh, doing something else defacing to the property like we need to know all of this stuff
0: how about instead of code breaking dan we just work to live in a world where there are no more code browns i feel like that might be better for everybody just take care of yourself and that'll take care of the code browns take care of yourself and take care of that bottom guys <laughs> all right what a whirlwind dan it was good to see you glad we got to do this live and in person Once again, we have come to the end of an installment of Men Seeking Tomahawks. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast app. Come say hi to us on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever you get social. And to hear more from the musicians featured on the program, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. For Dan, I'm Jack. For Jack, I'm Dan.